Africa. The world's greatest wilderness. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We are not just documentaries narrated by old British men. We will not be summarized to our national parks or our tragedies. We are not caricatures of emotionless characters. We might laugh, but we are definitely not a joke. Our dreams are valid. Our hopes are valid. And we will change because we must. This is a compilation of our tales, our conflicts, our challenges, our solutions, our means, our hopes, our cultures, our futures, and our lives. Welcome to Pod Save Africa. Hello, welcome back to Pod Save Africa. It's your host, Akande Adirale, and um, I have two fantastic guests on with me today, two guys I'm really uh, excited about having this conversation with, and we're going to be talking about everything from electricity to energy and, and how that affects our different African societies, our countries, our communities, and all of the above. So it's going to be a wide-ranging conversation around the two. Uh, my two guests are Sunan and Ebuka. Um, Sunan and Ebuka, how about you guys go introduce yourself? Sunan, how about you go first? Ibuka, how about you go ahead? <laughs> so, hey everyone, my name is Ibuka Renze. Uh, I know I can too, so then. I studied electrical engineering. Uh, right now, I'm a, a PhD candidate at uh, Johns Hopkins University. Uh, I do a lot of research in uh, developing nanomaterials for applications. So yeah, you know, obviously my research already states that I'm very interested in energy and I'm very excited for this episode to discuss a lot of topics, you know, whether engineering related, economics related, politics related. Yeah. Politics is always in there. There's always there's always politics. Awesome. Awesome. So 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 let's let's start this way. I'd like to test start with a personal story and then give you guys like some context on kind of what what how things look like just generally both more for the listeners and less for you guys but um uh-huh. you know so my personal story is that you know i grew up in this part of uh lagos called surulere and i i don't know whether they didn't like us in that place but we we like rarely ever got electric supply um so there's this time when we hadn't seen and we call it light you guys know what i'm talking about you call it light we haven't seen light in a while um but yeah i mean but that that's how big a deal electricity was that we used to call it lights like you know lights for like uh, pretty much like from the sun so we hadn't seen that in three weeks um and i was a, i was generally a good kid like 98 percent of the time i was behaving myself and doing the right thing 
But I hadn't seen light in three weeks, and and I'm at the back of my house, and I just hear the sound of like our neighbor's pump come on, which means that there's lights. How we used to know that there was lights, and I lost my marbles. I ran around the house just screaming. I didn't even go into watch TV. I just started celebrating the fact that we'd seen the electricity, <laughs> and that was amazing. Yeah. I know, I know. Like, it, but that was that was that was pretty much how big a deal it was to me. Um, and that was that. I think that was like my first ass whooping in life. That was the first time I got my ass because I was screaming so much and the neighbors called my parents. But yeah, but but like you know, just for context, um, um, for for a lot of our listeners, um, electricity like constant supply is. N- is not even remotely a, a privilege. It's, it's not remotely a right. It's more of a privilege. And you pretty much have to pray to the benevolent gods that Nepal will bring the lights to your house um, one day, um, eventually. So so that's just context. And and then more statistically, um, I was looking up doing some reading on, on the topics as I prepare for the podcast. Um, the, the numbers are about 1.2 billion people without have don't have ac- access to electricity. And 635 million of those people are African. So that's, that's 60, that's something like 60% or something. I don't know if I have the numbers right, but about 68%. Yeah. That's, that's like, you know, first of all, that, that's damning for us because, um, it pretty much shows that in most African countries, the situation is fairly similar. You know, the, the electricity is not a right, uh, more of a privilege. And that can be a separate, you know, philosophical argument in its own, but, um, when you have uh co- some countries like you know America where we currently live, um, if 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 we, we lose power here now, everybody goes goes crazy. Um, but you know it, it's such a big deal. So let's let's start with um you know with, with, with first of all you know what, what are you guys? Why don't we have constant electricity? Let's say wherever you're from, why what what are why why have we remained in this states that is so backwards? Where some other countries have had. Electricity uh, for almost a century or even more. Let's start with uh, you, Ebuka. Uh, yeah. So back back to what you said. Actually, I think I think you hit it on the on the head. Actually, when you referred to electricity and the thing with power, right? For a lot of Nigerians, it's personal. Mm-hmm. When we when we think about power, it's very personal to us because of our experiences growing up, right? Yeah. And like when you're saying, when you're giving you a story, like, I was just thinking of my own experience growing up, like, nah. and I think that's the same for most Nigerians when you talk about power. Yeah. Like, we can always relate to everyone's story, and, you know, even yeah. for me, myself, you know, I, I grew up in Festac, so I grew up in Festac. <laughs> so, so you already know. <laughs> yeah, I, I already know, I already know like, what it is. Festac, like he doesn't live on the island, no. Nah, nah, nah. So I grew up, like I said, I grew up in Festac town. Right. And um, it was it was it was a huge issue, right? Yeah. And I think that I think that's the root of the problem, right? That's why I even went into electrical engineering, hmm. to be very honest. Because I remember back in the day, you know, typical with every Nigerian parent, you know, you have to be a doctor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was mostly doctor. Honestly, it was just doctor. <laughs> <laughs> we all had to be doctors. <laughs> Yeah, so, so for me, right, it was, you know, my mom obviously wanted me to be a doctor. And for the most part, I thought I wanted to be a doctor as well. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, I really started thinking about what I really wanted to do. I just remember, 
like the first time like I honestly don't even know the full meaning of Nepa. I thought Nepa was actually just a word. Like when you say up Nepa, like no. That's that's um, that was, 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 that that was, 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 that like think about like if you cook like when you cook and put things in the fridge and you know how far and just lose all the food you have in your fridge. Yeah. But you know, just move on to the next thing. Yeah. Just move on. And you think about it here in America. You know, I live in Baltimore and you know we're always everywhere, obviously we always have fire here, but like some cases obviously there'll be power outages for like various reasons, so like maybe five minutes. Yes, yes. This, this is an explicitly rated <laughs> podcast. Go ahead. And you know, everyone always speaks on, right? You, this is crazy. And like, within like a minute, it comes back. And I'm like, yo. Like, why are you I'm like, yo, we good. Yeah, like, back. <laughs> and I think, you know, to some extent, it just, it just shows you that as Nigerians, we never take power for granted. Yeah. We never take electricity for granted. Yeah. And I think that's a huge part of why I got into electrical engineering. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, Suna, what about you? What What, what is your uh, history with power? Um, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that and then I, I want to dive into this question about why don't we have power in Nigeria. Yeah. Um, so my issue with it was, you know, it's very, as I said, it's very personal to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I can tell you about time I would get booked at home because my mom asked me to bring out the chicken from the freezer and I wouldn't bring it out. I know what if there was power I could just use a microwave at any time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because every country has different issues and different like 
politics and all the things. The reason why we don't have power is because I think it's a combination of about three different things. The biggest is we're just not making enough power. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, so there's a concept in energy called installed capacity. Installed capacity is all your power plants in your country that generate electricity or power. Mm-hmm. How much power do they generate? How much power can they generate maximally? Mm-hmm. So in Nigeria, we have an installed capacity of allegedly Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. It's good to put that qualifier, but yes, continue. No, because I mean, when it comes to Nigeria, you have to take everything, all statistics with a grain of salt. Like the statistician general of the very smart guy called Dr. Yemi, is it Kale or Kale? Kale, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's Kale. I hope it's Kale. Yeah, it's Kale. Well, like, you always release his numbers, but. When it comes to Nigeria and most other countries, like always take the numbers, they grain of salt. But allegedly, 12 gigawatts of installed capacity. Mm-hmm. We have a population of 182 million people. South Africa has an installed capacity of 52 gigawatts Jeez. with less than a third of our population. Right. And even sometimes they struggle with power outages. Right. So you're definitely not making enough energy for our people. That's huh. for sure. Yeah. That's the first thing. Okay. The second thing is our grid, our transmission grid. So when you think of electricity, there's three parts. You start with generation. Yeah. The electricity being generated. The second part is transmission. The lines that actually take the electricity to the various parts of the country. And the third part is distribution. So it gets to a transformer and then it goes to your house. So, our transmission grid is, our transmission grid cannot even handle the meager amount of power that we're generating. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's actually very sad. Um, according to Grain of Salt, as usual. <laughs> Grain of Salt again. Yeah, I think it's actually a chair. These are coming like that, you know, These are coming from, like, so this is coming from. The Association of Power Generators in Nigeria, and according to them, the Nigerian grid can only handle about 4,600 megawatts of capacity. Oh my god. And we just said now that there's 12 gigawatts right. of installed capacity. So we can't even put their power into the grid. Right. So that's the that's second reason why we don't have life. Okay. The third reason I say is commodity risk. So, Nigeria, I think about 80-something percent of our generation is based in natural gas and oil. Mm-hmm. And the remaining percentage is hydroelectric. So Kanji Dam is only 20%, really? I think it's like 15 or yes. something. Wow. There's not just Kanji Dam. There's a couple of other dams. There's Shiroro and Apele. Right. No one chose
Thank you for clarifying that. I actually haven't. I guess for, for most of us, we just know that we don't have lights. We we don't. Yeah. We have no clue what the system looks like. In fact, I had no clue what the system yeah, looks like. Can I actually add to that answer? Actually, yes, please. The um. <laughs> so this question, right? I think this is a question that probably every single Nigerian wants to know. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Whether you whether you're rich. But whether you're poor, you want to know why we don't have constant power in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I think that's a general statement. But but when I think about it, right? So like so, like Sonan already said, we in general we only have about five thousand megawatts of power. Yeah. Like and if you, if you compare that, you know, obviously, you know, me, you know, we're in America now, right? But yeah. comparison, America has what probably about. How many do they have? They, probably, they, they, they generate close to a million megawatts. Yeah, and we right. generate only 4,000 megawatts. <laughs> yeah. You know, for comparison, like 4,000 compared to close to a million megawatts. Right. And we, so, but the, the issue of power, right? We've been talking about power for how many decades now? Hmm. And when you think of the issues, I think, I think there are a few questions that can lead you, lead us to understand why power is an issue in Nigeria. And to start with, right, mm-hmm. you've got to think about who, okay, if you want to put someone in charge of the power industry, right. what kind of person do you look towards? Do you look towards a politician? Do you look towards uh, somebody, somebody like you, what, maybe? <laughs> no, that's a huge question. Like, who, what kind of person do you try to, like, to, like, put in charge? And, and, and for historical purposes, right, let's go back. So, in, in 1999, So, so if, you think about, if you think about the winners, we can start with the winners. Let's start with the winners. Right. I, I would be but, winning. Exactly. So, so the first the winners are obviously like the general Nigerian population, like, you know, the 170 million of us. 
Yeah. But generally the winners, if we have constant power, more winners, you can say, are maybe like businesses and manufacturers who have to spend so much money and, you know, making sure they have power to right. operate. You could think of, uh, probably even law enforcement. It's like security people that have to, to make sure that they do their job well, making sure they have power. Uh-huh. You could, you could think of people even that are working in the power sector, right? Obviously that's a win for them if they could make power constant. Right. Right? People that are in charge. Huh. Well, on the first side now, which is the more interesting part, who you have to think of who loses if we have constant power. Who in Nigeria loses? Okay. And I think it boils down to an economic side and uh, a politics side. So there's a, there are political losses and there are economic losses. So mm-hmm. if we think about economic losses, I think this was, Sonnen talked about this a little when you were talking about how much we spend on petrol and diesel every year. Yeah. We spend a lot of money every year. Somebody and, else know, makes that money. Exactly. So, you know, whoever gets that money, and, you know, from what I, I read up, you know, we spend about 700 billion naira every year Jeez. on just diesel and petrol and all that. And, you know, all that money is going Jeez. into someone's pocket. Those people that, you know, charge all that money for all those resources are obviously going to lose. So they're not going to gain it without content. But the people that have established their businesses based on generators, based on fuel, mm. based on petrol, based on diesel. Right. People have settled their businesses for years and years and they don't want that to happen. Yeah. So those people are, and you know, yes, they might be selective there, but they're probably like a, a very selective of very influential people. So right. the same is a conspiracy. I, I don't know about conspiracy. Well, thinking <laughs> about conspiracy, so if you go to the other side, right? So right. There's an economic loss, which I just talked about, that Sunan briefly mentioned. But there's also the political loss, right? I, I do, no, no, listen. Listen, though, listen, though. There's a political loss as far as. There's some, there's some people, I'll put people, there's some people in Nigeria, right? Right. There's some people, right, that, there's some people that don't want, I think, okay, I think it's safe to say that there's some people that do not want Buhari to succeed. I think we can all agree to that. There's some people, there's some politicians that do not want him, like his opposition, they do not want him to succeed, and that's just fact. Yeah. The same way in America here, Hillary doesn't want Trump to succeed. Yeah. That, that opposition doesn't want you to succeed. Right. So in Nigeria, there's some people that don't want Buhari to succeed. Right. And because of that, you know, people with all this political clout in certain regions of the country, uh-huh. they're gonna, they, they could in fact jeopardize a lot of, you know, resources. Right. And because of that, you know, those people, they don't want to, they don't want it to be like, oh, Buhari restored and Buhari did this. Mm-hmm. Like, they just want it to be this constant power. And because of that, sorry, I keep going on. I'm going on for too. I don't know if I'm going on for too long. No, 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 go ahead. But, so like, that, that's, that's the issue, right? So we okay. have to think about who wins and who, who loses. Okay. And because of that, I think there's three main problems that we have that lead to non-constant power in Nigeria. And some of it is probably going to interlap, you know, overlap with uh, what Sonnen said. Okay. And I have a question. I feel like, say that again? Sorry, I have a question. Just before you uh, leave the, the topic of losers and, and, and winners, and this goes for both of you. Um, you know, politically, 
I'm for me, it's important that we not just highlight the issues, but also start to lay out pathways to solutions. So, you know, losers, of course, the winners aren't hindrances to this issue that we wanted. So, you know, we're not going to stop it from happening. But as far as the losers are concerned, how do we buy, win them over, buy them over? For example, if you were to be a, you know, somebody in a position of power, how do you, you know, for example, let's say the people who are selling generators, how do you give them um, a place in in an economy focused on actual power generation? That, that's a great question. Uh, that's a great question. So, so in in twenty in twenty fourteen, right, what was the huge thing that happened in the power industry in Nigeria? Did Zani exactly. stole all the money? What? That was privatization. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that annual. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I was thinking about something different. Continue, guys. <laughs> All similar. All similar. No, no, but in 2014, right, yeah. what we had was privatization mm-hmm. in Nigeria, in the power industry. Right. But... I don't even quite understand that. Say that again? I don't even quite understand the private privatization system. Okay, so, so essentially what happened before, right? So Sonia talked about the arms, right? So we have, you know, the generation... Uh-huh. We have the transmission, we have the distribution. Mm-hmm. Right. And in the past, the, the, obviously the federal government was in charge of, you know, handling everything, you know, doing everything solely, being so responsible, uh, so responsible for all those arms. Right. So I call it vertically integrated utility. Vertically yep. integrated utility. Thank you. Some people will hear. <laughs> and uh, so what happens, right? In 2014, uh, there was a privatization, but the privatization only primarily dealt with the generation companies and the distribution companies. And, you know, in short, so whenever you hear like Jankos or Discos, Jankos mm-hmm. stand for the generation companies, Discos stand for the distribution companies. So uh, those were privatized. I see. Those were privatized in Nigeria. And so what that means is, or what that meant was, you know, private entities. I know had an opportunity to play in the power market. You know, it, it wasn't, and it wasn't any more like the sole responsibility of the government. So private companies could come in and whether it's generating power and supplying it to to citizens, or you know, a distribution company could come and distribute power to different parts of the country. Right. So that privatization, in essence, was this uh, utopian, you know idea of, you know, having this system where the government isn't just, the government is still going to be responsible for regulating, but right. they're not responsible for, like, you know, the actual generating or the actual distribution. Then right. you leave it up to these different small companies. And I do think that's where some of these small companies could come into play. But the, the, the huge issue is that, you know, the huge issue with our power structure is that we have such a we have, our, our, first of all, our infrastructure is, like Sonan said, our infrastructure is pretty poor, honestly. Right. Whether it's in the generation part or the transmission part, the distribution mm-hmm. part. And that's why you can just wake up to like a huge drop. So we already don't have that much power. Right. Then when you now wake up to like a huge drop in power, that's like adding fuel to like, come on, like we actually don't have power. Then something is going to happen with like some little grooves. And then they're gonna hijack like a pipeline, and then you know that's 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 then you're gonna have a huge drop. And right. that actually leads to the second challenge, which is a a security issue that we have. 
Okay. I think it's a new security issue with, um, first of all, gas transportation. Because in Nigeria, primarily, what do we use that? We use natural gas. Right. We use natural gas uh, primarily. Right, right, right. We use natural gas primarily because, you know, it's readily available. It relatively burns cleaner. Right. But, you know, where, where is it? <laughs> so then why did you hum like that? <laughs> relatively, relatively. <laughs> Re- relatively, relatively, yes. Relative is a key word. Qualifier. Continue. I mean, wind solar, nuclear stand. Wind solar, ah, so no nuclear law, law in Nigeria. Please, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, that, you know what? Let, let yeah, we yeah we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to clean energy in a little bit. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, so it's a whole other thing, right? You know, we primarily use natural gas. Mm-hmm. It's available. But most of our natural gas is right in the south-south, right? Yes, it's yes. In the south-south. And so what happens is when you have such a centralized system, mm-hmm. What you do, right, we take that natural gas and we have to transport it to all these power plants across the country, right? Right. All the natural, most of the natural gas we have in South South, we can't transport it using pipelines and all that. So you have to, we have to, like, in essence, like, secure those pipelines, right? Yeah. And what happens sometimes, we see all this stuff in the news where someone's just going to blow up a pipeline. Yeah. And, you know, when you blow up a pipeline, like, whether it's, you know, Boko Haram people or, like, Niger Delta people or, you know, whether it's just, you know, people, like, in the community that feel, like, aggrieved by the federal government. You know, there's a lot of different reasons why, reasons why people blow up pipelines, whether it's economic or political. Right. All these different groups, they blow up pipelines and what happens? I mean, the gas is- just goes up in the air and just goes, like, you know, we don't, there's no storage for this gas, you know, if you lose the gas, it just goes up in the air and that's that. That is gone. So that, the security that we have for these gas pipelines is another huge issue and is this centralization issue. Hmm. And that leads to my third and final point, which is this centralization problem where we have this, this huge central grid system where, you know, we supply everything into this one grid and if there's a loss of power in this pipeline, you know, it affects the whole grid everywhere. Ah, uh, I see. When it says, you know, we, we, for, for a country like Nigeria, right? Yeah. I'm not going to go back too far back in history as far as, you know, before we actually became what we know as Nigeria. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we have all these different regions that have Mm-hmm. different ethnical histories, you know, mm-hmm. all these histories in different parts of the country, and they all put us, the white man put us all together, right. and drew a line across and said, this is Nigeria. Yeah, <laughs> that smashed us all together. Like, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, when we have this huge centralized system for the whole country, right? Uh, yeah, we have all these issues in different parts of the country. Right. The fact that we have one centralized system Means we all suffer for everybody of the issues. Exactly, exactly. And when you think about these different projects that, you know, whether it's in the Jonathan regime or before that, or even right now in the Buhari regime, all these projects. Okay, please, please use administration. Regime is very. Regime (laughs) (laughs) Regime sounds very. (laughs) I know. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's scary something, to be honest. I don't, uh, yes. Continue. Between a hundred and maybe a thousand megawatts. 
Okay. Like, that's a huge plan. Those are a huge plan. Like I said, like someone said, we have only about what five thousand, around five thousand yeah. megawatts. Right? I mean, that's increasing and, by sixth of our capacity. That's immense. Exactly. So you know, I feel like that's such a huge project. And you know, when we plan these things, right, to mm-hmm. build like a thousand megawatt, like plant, mm-hmm. you know, that takes like at least five years, like. To like four uh, years at the minimum to build like a huge plant, and Nigerians we want to see results. Like you know, I think there's some projects that is like partially starting now, but I really don't think they're gonna be finished within like Buhari's first term. Right. Because, you know, they, they have their first term. <laughs> Buhari's term. Yeah. Wow! 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 Right. You have this huge project like right, that. You know, you want to generate a thousand megawatts, mm-hmm. but that's gonna take so long. Yeah. We have this centralized system. Like, huh. when in other words, we can be thinking of, like, mini grids or mini, like, you know, plans that we could, okay, for this community or for this local area, you could supply 20 megawatts or 10 megawatts and supply right. these on. But in fact, we're trying to think so large scale. We're trying to supply, like, a thousand megawatts to the whole grid. Hmm. But, yeah, so those, those are my three main problems. One being, the, the generation, distribution, and transmission equipment to the security of our pipelines and our transportation policy. Okay. And to be like the time to complete all these large projects. Right. Right. Okay. So, so, so let's, let's, uh, let's take a quick break, guys. Um, we've had a lot of, we've had, let's, let's take it. Let's take a, a brief interlude. Um, you know, we've had a lot of uh, fantastic, intelligent, and honestly, quite enlightening stuff so far. Um, most of which I didn't know before, which, you know, I'm also kind of feeling disappointed in myself. Um, I didn't even know that. You, honestly, I didn't even know it was generation, transmission, and distribution. I had no clue. I just thought, I just thought Kaji Dam would just pour water and then light to just be honestly. <laughs> So, so that, that's where I was at. But um, let's let's uh, let's uh, let's take a real quick break to talk about. Um, let's 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 remove from the topic very briefly and uh, discuss very briefly uh, something you care about this week, or something you found interesting this week, or something you just somebody you want to shout out this week. Um, I'll start. Um, for me, I, I like to give a shout out slash a thing I care about this week to taking a break and relaxing a little bit. Um, all of us work or go to school or we shall have something we do every day um, that's that's pretty intense and sometimes it's easy to drown in that um, I just encourage everybody to take a little break every day you know just take a 15 minute not a 15 minute break to look at Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever but just take a 15 minute break to do something you like like go buy food or go take a walk or go exercise something um, it's it's important for self care and all of the above. So that's that's my thing I care about. Um, Sonan, do you want to go next? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, well, what do I care about this week? Uh, I agree. You know, uh, taking care of yourself is important. You can't steal my own. What you say? I said you can't steal my own. I'm piggybacking. It's okay. <laughs> okay. That one thing. Um, right. One thing is a piece of news I found very interesting. Mm. Um, uh, it actually has to do with energy. Sorry to come back to the topic. Wow. No. <laughs> 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 you, you asked us what we're interested in. Um, Go ahead. American see. energy. Yes. So basically, what you have is. Yeah, they don't give you green card. 
trying to start a monopoly of some sort. Not even a monopoly. It's just a word because we don't really know what their motivations are because it's not like both of them are like truly American companies. They are owned by foreign companies. Uh, and they are basically lobbying against them. So they are basically lobbying the ITC to increase the, or to recommend that Donald Trump increase tariffs right. on solar panels from outside the country. But that will really damage the solar industry in the US because mm-hmm. the laws price shock because once those tariffs come through everything will increase. Yeah. Um so I think uh ICC is supposed to have come out with the decision by either yesterday or today. Oh. So we'll see what happens. So okay. that's just a very interesting yeah. So listeners look out for that. That should be fascinating. Um and very, very influential as soon and soon and puts it. Uh Ebuka, please go ahead. <laughs> So this week, um, I think it's very, very important to be very appreciative of life, right? And, wow. Um, wow. And, no, and going off of that, right, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Ketchy. Okay. Ketchy, um, shout-out shout to Ketchy. You know, we went to secondary school with her, and, yeah. you know, this week she was competing in the finals of America's Got Talent, and, you know, yes, she did not win the competition, but, you know, I'm pretty sure she won a lot of heart in her, in her performance. And, you know, I, I think we're all very proud of Ketchy and all that she was able to do on the show. Yeah. Give her, her a platform. And despite the tragedy, the plane crash tragedy that happened in, when, 2005? Right? Mm-hmm. In 2005. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> this, I mean, despite that tragedy, you she's been a testament. She's been a... She's been a blessing to everyone, and you know, I think we're. I'm just very happy that she's on this platform and all this recognition because she definitely deserves it. Yeah, she definitely does. It's not easy to come back from, you know, such a traumatic experience. But you know, she came back and she's been doing great. Um, you know, wish her all the best, and I hope you know her music career keeps growing. Awesome, mm-hmm. fantastic. Shout out to her. Um, all right. So, guys, let's get back to business. Um, back at it. Let's, let's back at it. Back at it again with the white shoes. Um, so, so now we focus very heavily on kind of highlighting what the issues are. And I always think that's an important part because sometimes we don't even know. Like, you know, the simple question of why don't we have electricity? Um, first of all, when you actually start to listen to people like you talk about the actual answers, it's more of a, it's more of a profound and, um, important problem than, than, than we think. So now, now let's talk about, um, starting off a little bit from where we left off with, um, winners and losers and talking about people who are against it. If we're to list now, we say, okay, the people who are making money 
by being, um, you know, by being uh, distributors of, you know, generators and things like that. Of course, they don't want permanent electricity. Um, Ebuka, you mentioned the people who have blow up, who can blow up pipelines as leverage on the government, um, like Boko Haram and Niger Delta Avengers or whatever they call themselves. Uh, it's Avengers, right? It's Avengers. Okay, yeah, Avengers. Um, you got uh politicians who just don't like whoever the incumbent is. So in their minds, it's like, okay, you know, whatever this guy wants to do, that's good. We'll do whatever we can to thwart it. Right. Yep. Um. So let's say yep. let's say those are the top three. Is there anybody I'm missing? Um. Who are the other Who are the other losers? Let's say. I think the Sorry. I think you're right. Those are the main ones. So so let's say those are the three main ones. How do we? So you know, I mean, some people will say you destroy totally your enemies or find a way to get them on your side. So assuming we are not destroying anybody, assuming, and that if that's your plan, if that or if that's your vision for a better. Nigeria, let's all go and just go and fight these people and destroy them. That's fine, but but you know, assuming that maybe there's a way to find a place for them or to tell them that hey, you know, this energy positive future would be better for you than what you currently have. Um, how do we uh-huh. get those people involved in the future? Let Let's start with you soon. And what what are your thoughts on um involving oh. those stakeholders? I mean, I think it's very simple. Okay. We have to find you to allow them create value within that ecosystem. If there is a way for them to you see, money makes the world go round in the end. That's true. Like we can talk about how benevolent it is or how necessary it is to have power, but the truth is that if people are making money from it, it will happen. Hmm. So the important thing is we have to be creative in finding ways for people to make money off of that ecosystem. So I was actually listening to um, a podcast recently is this podcast called The Energy Gang. Shout out to Green Tech Media. Um, Green Tech Media. And yeah, they, they make this podcast discussing energy issues. And we're talking about how India has seen such a huge solar and wind boom in mm. recent years. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this comes from the fact that there were a lot of incentives created in order for people to generate within that um, within that goal of the government. So the goal of government is getting us to our power. Yeah. Now, how can we encourage these people that, hey, there's a way you can make money within that goal? I think privatization, while it has good intentions, you know, maybe the implementation wasn't so good, mm. um, I'm not the most confident on market design of that and why that didn't work out as well. I think just good market design, finding a way for, you know, businesses and entrepreneurs to make money within that ecosystem, that's all we need to do. If they can make money, you know, getting people 24 hour power with the grid, then they will do that. So, so. So I'm thinking of things like, you know, subsidizing solar panel imports, pretty much the opposite of what you highlighted in that news story, but but in our, our yeah. countries and, and, and things like that. Maybe not even something like subsidizing solar panel imports, because uh, personally, I'm always very wary when it comes to, like, direct subsidy. Right, right. By subsidy, I mean, you know, lack of tariffs, things like that. Maybe not even that. Let's start with something as simple as net metering. 
in so you know what net metering is. So in the US, they have an interesting concept called net metering, where you put a solar panel on your roof, mm-hmm. and that solar panel is connected directly to the grid. Yeah. And what happens is that while you're creating energy in your house, mm-hmm. they are paying you back for the energy you make. Ah, I see. Oh wow! So what you have in Nigeria, a lot of people have these solar panels that they just have their own personal home batteries and yeah. their own system. Inverters and such. A way for people to make money, you know, mm-hmm. from resources within that ecosystem. I see. And people will do that, you know. Mm. Um, it's 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 very it's simple, but it's also difficult in the sense that you know you have to look at the market and. You have to look at how we can design it so, right. so that people can make money and we can achieve our goals. Yeah. But I think that because I've met a lot of good people in the Ministry of Power working on that, you know, and trying to figure that out. But that's really what we need to do. You know, people, the generator people, whoever they may be, and the petroleum people, they, they are doing that because they want to make money. They are not doing it because they just love generators and right. they just <laughs> That's not their passion in life. Yeah, exactly. Their yeah. passion is money. Passion is also money. My passion is collecting. But nah, that, that's the truth. You know, if we can just make, if we can make a way for them to make money within that system, okay. they'll do it. All right, and uh, so now, now let's shift more to. So we've addressed the losers. Um, what? Let's shift more to more structural issues. Ebuka, you mentioned um, just some just fundamental issues we're always going to have if we retain a centralized system. Um, so, from what I'm hearing, and I don't, I wouldn't, I'd hate to impose my thoughts on you as yours, but are, are you suggesting perhaps a more uh, federalistic state by state power generation system, or or something of the sort, so that you know if somebody in Bainway, if they want to blow the if they want to blow the pipeline in uh, Bainway, they, they can blow it. It doesn't affect me in Lagos, sir. Why do you pick Bainway as the example? Bainway, I, it was just a random shot. Are you guys? Is any of you from Bainway? Unfortunately, shout out to Bainway. Shout out to the yams. <laughs> shout out to the yams. Oh my god. <laughs> okay all right so so sorry for bedway let's use i don't okay let's use uh uh Sokoto, uh if they want to blow, if they want to blow uh, see no offense i'm just using a random example so if they want to use so if something happens that affects generation in, in that part in a separate part of the country it doesn't affect the people even next in the state next the next state over I mean, is that what you're suggesting? More of a, you know, let's 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 have everybody for themselves. Let's let everybody do their own power generation. That, that that's a great question, uh, Akim. Yeah. So so you have the right idea. I don't I don't I don't I think state by state is a little brute force. I think the the, the idea behind it, right, is I, I do think we need to localize the power industry. We need to localize power generation, localize power transport, uh, transmission and the distribution itself. And you're right, you know, that's one thing, right? 
it does save that. It does, you know, circumvent that issue when something blows up or someone blows something up. It doesn't affect every single person. Yeah. But if you think about it, right? It also you also save time, right? Because you don't have to be, you know, trying to fix everything. You know, you have these localized systems where you could, you know, do, do all this maintenance work in parallel. You know, you could fix things in parallel. Mm. You have higher efficiency. You know, you can look at studies, even in America today, you know, they do different studies that show it's better for you to have, you know, smaller grids than have this one grid that supplies everything. It's more, it's much more efficient. I see. And, you know, like you said, it, it circumvents this security issues that we have, you know, mm. yeah. uh, with all these different regions of the country. Like I said, you know, in these different regions of the country, right, we have all these different ethnic groups and, you know, all these political problems, but when, when you decentralize power and you start, you know, and that's, and that's, that, that was what I was trying to address with all these different projects that the federal government has going everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, instead, instead of, you know, looking, trying to like, uh, have a project that generates like a thousand megawatts mm-hmm. of power, you know, how about you do, you know, 10 different or a hundred different projects that, you know, generate 10 megawatts for this part of this state or 10 megawatts for this part of this state. And you make sure you maintain all these different parts instead of trying to have this, you know, you can't think, think big without doing little things, right? You know, you I have see. to, you have to address all these little things and build all these little plants. And cause that, to be very honest, a 10 megawatt plant could probably take like six months to build. It's not, but when you think about it, a thousand megawatts, you know, it, it starts taking like five, six years to build it. Huh. As Nigerians, we want results now. Like, yeah. You know, right? like, and that was horrible, Harry. Like, when we elected him, the next month, we're like, what has he done? <laughs> like, what has he done? What yeah. has he done? Like, you know, that, we're like 30 days in office. What's going on? Exactly. You know, we, we want instant results. We want mm. instant, you know, gratification. And, right. you know, that when, we, when we decentralize this, this grid into these smaller outlets where we can have these smaller subsystems, these smaller sub-power systems of 10 megawatts, 20 megawatts. And mm. then we see that we're, we're making sure that different parts, that, you know, it doesn't matter, we don't have to build room in one day. We can't build yeah. room in a day. Right. We have to make sure that we address all these different parts slow and steady instead of having these huge plans that slow down over time and then we start up again with another project. Right. Yeah. And I would imagine that it's perhaps easier to even... Um, like for political expediency or political capital, exactly. you look better when exactly. you make, you know, some people happy. You know, you yeah. can't and, and even if you think about technological advancement, like, you know, if you want to try out a new technology, you mm-hmm. know, instead of trying the new technology for this huge 1,000 megawatt plant, you know, if you have a small subsystem of a 10 megawatt, then you can think of, okay, maybe we want to try this, this underground system or this underground transportation uh, system. So they're easier to but, implement. That small scale, and you know, see how it works, or you know, try things in that setting, you know. But you know, I do think like decentralizing the power fixes a lot of security issues, infrastructure issues, political issues. Can I ask you that? I actually like to talk about that point. So, oh, okay. What the way the grid is set up right now? It is set. It's a centralized grid, like, yeah, with different nodes of power generation in there. In order to do what you're saying, because the way the grid works, it's all connected, mm-hmm. all at the same time. That's right. So mm-hmm. if you put that, those little nodes in there, they're still going to go everywhere. Okay, but do you know there are parts of the country that have 
absolutely no. Forget about the grade. That's what I said. There's some parts of the country that they're trying to, the way the they're trying to get them power is by adding to the whole grade. Oh, so that's a good point. So that, you're talking about grade, um, grade expansion versus many grades, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And, oh, I agree with you on that. Okay, so I thought you meant just adding little parts of the No, 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 no. We still need a huge grid. We still need a, a, a centralized grid. But for someone that's living where far in the north that hasn't seen power in how many years, <laughs> you can't tell them you're trying to fix their local problem by addressing this national problem. You know. I see. I see. Um, Even in the stats, you said there are a lot of people that don't have power at all hmm. in Nigeria. Yeah, that's at all. Like period. Yeah. I think by 2013 was 28.5 million households. That's crazy at all. At all, like they don't even get the the flash that they give you sometimes. That's all. That's all. Okay. Um. And and so let's 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 start to pivot now to the future. Let's 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 look to the stars, guys. Um. We, you know, for for us as Africans and and you know Nigerians even and specifically, um, we, we're always in this kind of weird place where we're trying to bring what we have up onto like current international standards but by the time we get to current international standards we'll already be behind um so i've yeah so so i've always personally felt that we should be doing the most to look even beyond what currently exists um to, to be as forward thinking as possible as much foresight as possible that's even historically that's where success um typically comes from so so how do we um, you know, what, what, so, and this is going to, you know, very heavily lean on, you know, green energy and some of the stuff you, you are fixing to talk about earlier soon. And, um, but, you know, what are the things we should be focusing on with respect to, uh, having cleaner and better energy, um, green energy of the above? What are some of the things that we need to be, uh, paying attention to? Okay. Um, so I think one of the things we should be paying attention to is, Definitely renewable energy. Um, we need to be paying attention to that, not just from two perspectives. Number one, um, from the perspective of the international community. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't see it right now, but I think within the next few decades, the world will begin to see all the effects that um, catastrophic climate change is going to do. Yeah. And you know when these Western countries see stuff like that, Despite the fact that they built their own society from carbon intensive fossil fuels yeah. to make everybody switch to, you know, to make everyone go through decarbonization. We have a lot of it, right? We do have a lot of natural gas plants. Well, a lot, relatively. We do have a lot of power plants, to be honest. But we do have, most of our power plants are fossil fuels. Yeah. Um, so, we need to be thinking about it from that perspective. <laughs> Eventually, we we'll have to decarbonize. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be costly, that's going to be tough. Um, so, we have to think about it from that perspective. Second perspective is, which is, you know, figuring out how we can get power to everyone, mm. you know, at 
play an offensive way as possible. And I think, you know, as I said, mini grids are some of the ways we can reach these far flung communities. Um, and typically, solar and wind, they're very, they're very easy to, they're very easy to use as, you know, very uh, localized sources of energy. There's a better term for it, but I'm totally forgetting it right now. Um, but yeah, um, so we need to look at it from that perspective as well, you know. Um, how do we distribute energy? Thank you. Um, how do we use these renewable sources as distributed energy um, to get energy to the far flung community? So we need to be thinking about that. Okay. The third thing we need to be thinking about for the future is our market design. Right now in Western countries, there's a huge revolution in terms of energy services and renewables and integration and battery storage. Right. So before recent times, it was just megawatts and poles. That was it. Mm. You have your utility, you build poles, you tell your customers, okay, we're going to charge you this amount um, in order to recoup our costs and this amount for profit. Right. And the would be like, they have a board called Public Utility Commission and be like, okay, sure, you sell your megawatts, you get your money. But mm. nowadays, the grid in the US and Western countries have become so complicated because you have variable generation in the form of renewables. You have a lot of things you have to do. You have frequency regulation where you have to regulate the frequency of the grid. You have energy storage where you store energy and then you feed it back into the grid when demand is high. Yeah. You have huh. demand response, you know, where in people's houses you have systems that can regulate their energy use depending on the demand of the grid. Mm. So all of that is really upending the traditional utility model in right. Western countries. So we are definitely not at that point. Yeah. We need to be thinking. How can we leapfrog that? Because we, we, we eventually, assuming we go the same way, we eventually hit those problems as well. Or maybe we won't. But I think we should be thinking creatively, you know, like, what can we do, you know, to leapfrog? What can we do to prepare ourselves for an energy market of the future? Assuming we can get everybody to the point where everyone has energy access, you know, then how... What kind of stuff can we do to prepare ourselves, you know, for some of the stuff that Western countries are dealing with right now? Mm. Um, so I think that's what we should be looking at. First thing, you know, variable, um, varied sources of generation. We should be looking at renewable energy. I think we should be looking at nuclear, but man, technical <laughs> capabilities, I don't know. Right. I mean, it's um, all, it's also high risk. The worst case scenario with nuclear is also incredibly high risk.
So I don't think nuclear is that dangerous. Now, can we implement the same in Nigeria? I don't know. Mm. But I think nuclear can be done very well. And nuclear is carbon neutral, doesn't generate any carbon. Yeah. It's done well. It's environmentally friendly. The only issue is storing spent nuclear fuel, which can also be done in an environmentally friendly way. Um, so I think maybe considering nuclear, once we have that technical capability down, down the line might be an idea. But yeah, you know, finding varied sources of generation so that we're now, so that we can get ahead of the decarbonization that we know is going to be going to happen. Come. Right. There's no point in creating a carbon-based system if it's going to change. Exactly. Which was, you know, one of the things that you, you suggested to us prepare for the podcast, was, right. you know, we still follow the path where we eventually become reliant on fossil fuels. And I think we should just need that and try and find other stuff. I mean, fossil fuels, we still need fossil fuels. Like, you can't base your whole grid on renewable energy. It's right. too very different. It's not dispatchable. But I think we should find ways to decarbonize. Right. Because everyone being coy and stupid about global warming or climate change right now, eventually we'll see that it's a problem. Once it starts affecting people in lots, we'll see that oh, we we'll well, When Lagos is underwater, we'll at least know then. Uh, I'm sorry? I said when Lagos is underwater, we will at least know then. No, I'm not in Lagos. When once Manhattan is underwater, I will know, okay, now. <laughs> ah, that's this Just, just as an aside, I actually just, I, I realized that, you know, climate change was generally accepted um, before, just around, it's it kind of centered a little bit around our goal and then it becoming a democratic issue to some degree. But for the most part, everybody was like, sure, yeah, we, we agree that this is happening. Like, it's only very recently, um, relatively recently, but that still became something politicized from, from what I understand. Nigerians, we have to be thinking ahead of that because eventually 
Bank. Uh, eventually, we are going to bring, once we start seeing the effects in such an obvious way, we are going to force everyone to decarbonize. Okay. So, yeah, we have to get ahead of that for sure. All right. Well, okay. So, 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 uh, Ibuka, what, what are your thoughts on this, uh, on this topic as well? Regarding the, um, renewables. Yeah, no, 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 I definitely do. The, um, so, so the question about renewable, right? Yeah. The, um, so someone brought up a lot of great points about, um, about why it's necessary. So it, I think for, from, from an American perspective, right? Yeah. From an American perspective, you know, renewable energy is to curb climate change, right? Yes. I think I think for Nigeria, especially, we have, we can look at it that way, huh. at least practically. I think for Nigeria, we have to think of it from a necessity standpoint. And to make that point clear, to make that point clear, I'm going to go through this power roadmap. So this, this power roadmap, as far as the recent history of what we want for the power industry, right? Mm-hmm. So in August 2010, during uh, Jonathan's uh, admin, so we had this roadmap for power sector reform. That's what it was called, roadmap for power sector reform. Yeah. And what it said, the roadmap said they had this vision 2020-2020. And that vision that they had for Nigeria and that administration said that by 2020, by the year 2020, they want to generate 40,000 megawatts. Forty thousand megawatts by twenty twenty. This is what they said in twenty ten. Where is the grid? Where that though? And part of that roadmap, right? They projected in that roadmap that in December of twenty thirteen, they should have risen to fourteen thousand megawatts. Oh my god! The checkpoint was twenty thirteen December. And we should have 14,000 megawatts. Right. 14,000 megawatts. 14,000 megawatts actually going into the grid. It's not capacity. Okay. <laughs> Mind you, today, we have what? When we think about... Allegedly, what do we have? 12, allegedly, 12, allegedly, yes. Allegedly. <laughs> but we're only getting 5,000. Right. Max. <laughs> 5,000 max megawatts. That's what we're getting. On the best day. So first of all, when he got appointed uh, Minister of Power, so he looked at that roadmap that they set in 2010, mm-hmm. and he made some adjustments, obviously, because it's not realistic anymore. So, so he said that, okay, instead of that, instead of that vision, instead, in 2020, Fashola adjusted it to 20,000 megawatts. 20. And 20,000 megawatts, so that's half of the original proposed 40,000 megawatts. Right. So right now, the vision is to have 20,000 megawatts increased capacity by 2020. Oh, 8 gigawatts in the next three years. Exactly. And, and so I think, and right now we're at, what, 5,000. <laughs> so as far as, <laughs> realistically, I don't even know how that's going to be possible, but mm. this is where this whole renewable thing comes in, right? We have to start thinking about it from a necessity standpoint. We have to start supplementing our grid. Right. We have to start supplementing the already the capacity that we have now. Because you can't tell the normal, you can't tell the the 
regular Nigerian about climate change. Yeah, so they don't. They don't like, care. We don't care about that. Do we agree? Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe. Sure, you know, Nigerian science science agreement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like Paris, yeah. I mean, at that point, it was like we are doing the least as far as carbon contribution. We we, have, we don't have shit. Our energy. Like, what, what are we saying? You know, what exactly do we know about the Paris? think the technology you know especially with regards to solar panels and and uh wind energy is concerned do you think the technology is getting so much better where it could possibly entirely replace fossil fuels i said do you think the technology behind those systems for solar panels and, and wind energy is getting better quickly enough to to or at a pace that it could potentially uh, replace fossil fuels entirely. Well, yeah. So there's this whole storage issue, right? So this is the issue with a lot of renewable resources that right. the intermittency of these resources, whether it's solar, yeah. whether it's wind, and so you know, with that intermittency comes the need for storage right. to store this energy, store it when you're overproducing. So when you're underproducing, you could supplement, or when you don't have any, you could supplement. So right. there's this like, you know, there's a term for it. It's called load leveling. So mm. you have to level your load when you're overproducing versus when you're underproducing. Right. So as far as totally displacing fossil fuels, you know, I think that that that's very, very, very optimistic. And mm. I, you know, honestly, unless it's a breakthrough in storage technology, yeah, unless it's yeah, unless it's a breakthrough in some type of like, you know. Yeah, and yes, they do research in batteries and research in all these storage uh, capabilities, but you know, unless there's a huge breakthrough, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's hard to see a situation where, where you know, fossil fuels are totally displaced. But there's always, you know, steps to be made as far as creating some type of balance, you know, between uh, those resources and using your, your renewable energy. I see. I see. All right. So, so guys, let's uh, let's pivot to my my final uh, set of questions. Um, so, so it's a question I typically ask all of my guests. But, um, what what first of all, what are you uh worried about, concerned with, as far as progress is con is as far as progress is concerned? Are there things in place currently or things I see happening that could 
uh, roll us back as far as energy production is concerned or having an energy positive or renewable energy-based future and things like that. Do you think that there are... Uh, uh, cons- do you think that there are forces working strongly against that um, as much as we are thinking of, of solutions? Do you think that there are things that could jeopardize all of that? And then on the other hand, uh, the other part of that question is that what are you optimistic about? What do you see happening that excites you about the future potentially? Uh, okay. Yes, go ahead. Um, so I'll start with the pessimism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the pessimism. Uh, Okay. The biggest, I think the biggest thing that I'm concerned about, I think that's two things. The biggest thing I'm concerned about right now is the ineffectiveness of privatization. Hmm. You have a situation where the grid is so dilapidated that you have a lot of stranded generation. Hmm. The generators are producing power, but they just can't put into the grid. Right. That is happening. Or sometimes the generators generate power and are not being paid. Mm. I just saw a new story where the government was owing power generators seven hundred million naira. Jeez. Um, the the distribution companies sometimes cannot pay the generators. I see. And it's tough to invest in a grid because it, it's like a it's like a cycle, you know. Mm-hmm. You want to invest in grid because your um because your grid is bad. How do you find money for that? You build your customers. But how mm-hmm. can you build your customers when you're not even giving them energy to begin with? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean hey, their part their part of that comes to my house to collect bill even when they don't give us electricity. So I mean how we treat exactly. them is a different case. Exactly. So so for example, Exxon, the company I work for, they, they also own local utilities. Now, if those utilities want to do something in the community, mm-hmm. they can either get money from the corporate structure, they can get loans, and they can recoup that investment by building their customers. You can't even do that. Hmm. The problem in Nigeria is that the transition grid is so bad that, honestly, what we're even paying right now isn't even the true cost of, of, of like, the actual transmission. Right. Like, the cost isn't even being passed. But the little energy that we're getting, mm. we're not even getting the true cost of that energy. Because wow. the grid is so bad, you know? Mm. So that's what I'm really concerned about, our transmission grid. We can build generation. Building mm. generation is not bad. Right. Grid and transmission, that's difficult. Transmission part that's really difficult and cost intensive. So that's the first thing I'm really concerned about. The second thing I'm really concerned about is there's a big undercurrent of people in Nigeria who keep talking about home. Um, and I'm just hoping that those kind of people aren't the ones making decisions when it comes to our energy strategy. Mm. Because coal is bad in so many ways. One of which is coal is extremely expensive to generate energy from. Yeah. Second of all, we need massive infrastructure in order to move coal around the country. Yeah. Coal is way harder to move than natural gas. Like you need railways that mm. move directly to 
power plant to move coal. You know how hard it is to build railways. Yeah. It's super hard to build railways. Yeah, and is. then you keep the motion like coal has to be constantly flowing into these places. Right. So it's tough. It's really tough. Um, so some people are just hoping that our leaders don't take us there because that would be, in my in my own opinion, the step backwards. So that's the things I'm concerned about. Right. The things I'm optimistic about, I'm really optimistic about the residential solar industry in Nigeria. Hmm. Nigeria, we are very entrepreneurial hmm. and I see a lot of people have actually been going after that market. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to supplement some of our energy issues. Now, if the government was smart, or, uh, sorry, I, I don't mean that, please, government. You mean, say it with your chest. <laughs> say it with your chest, so then. <laughs> That's no sense, I should Well, a good decision would be to start looking at how to tap into that residential market in a mm. very strategic way through net metering and net metering agreements. Right. Because the way it's happening right now is very haphazard. Yeah. You put a solar panel on your roof and yeah. have a battery and connect to your house. Yeah, it's whoever can afford it. I'm sorry? And it's whoever can afford it, so there's no... And it's whoever can afford it. Now, I can think about this. Think about if the government was like, you know what, we are going to put a solar panel on your house for mm. free, mm. okay? I'm going to put a solar panel on your house for free. We're just going to install it. And whatever comes on that solar panel that feeds into the grid, right? Mm. We will pay you for that. Who would agree to that? Yeah, sure. You're doing the installation for free. Please. Come on. And that is the model that's being used in the US right now. That's what okay. Solar City is doing. That's what all these guys are doing. Mm. They basically install a panel at, for either for free or at cost. Mm-hmm. And then they earn money through net metering agreements with local utilities. Now, if we could find a way to do that, that would be great. Mm. But then it goes back to our grid infrastructure, yeah. which is their work. But I think finding a way to tap into that residential solar market, which is becoming big in Nigeria, mm-hmm. finding a way to tap into it and finding a way to give that access to people without need. Mm-hmm. That's the way that we can go after energy in Nigeria. Mm. All right. That's and that's what I'm really optimistic about. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, all right, it will carry your turn. Uh, the, what was the first part? The, fir- the first one is what are your, you concerned about? Yeah. What am I what? what? What worries you? What are you concerned about? What things oh, are yeah, in danger? Yeah, yeah. 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 issue mm-hmm. uh, 
That's the revitalization of the generation companies and the distribution companies. So the tax were formed in 2014, right? Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the private sector can now engage in power. Yeah. But what, what, what really happened was, you know, apparently the government failed to keep their part of the bargain. Meaning they agreed, in, in these reforms, they agreed with these private entities that, you know, they would ensure that they had a fair return on investment, right? Mm. And so these different private entities, what they feel right now, and some of the issues with this privatization issue is that, you know, the unfair tariffs that are set right now. And, you know, there's a whole cyclical, cyclical problem now. That's when I talk about where they want to push the price up, but the people are not going to pay for what they don't see, right? <laughs> for them to see, that means the people have to do it. Because they're not paid for it. So there's this issue, right? And they complained numerous times to the government. And the government tried, I think, on two occasions to raise tariffs. And I think the first one, something happened. And the second one, the federal court was like, nah, you're not doing it. And huh. so there's this debt crisis that's happening for these private entities where, like, for some, especially for, even for mostly for the distribution companies, right? Because what they do, right? They buy power around 70 naira per kilowatt hour, mm-hmm. which is the energy unit. So they buy it at like 70 kilowatt hour. But they're only allowed by the government to sell it around 30 naira per kilowatt hour. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they're allowed to do. They're not allowed to do higher than that. Uh, and so the, the private companies are like, yo, we're investing our money. And if I'm not getting any return on this investment, like, why am I even... Why am I even... They have to pay each other. They have to Oh, my God. And the people that are going to be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so is, is this, is this, uh, is this convoluted problem that we're talking about, right? Right. That Nigerians want to see progress, but the people that want to give the progress, they're like, pay up, and Nigerians like, Nigerians are like, well, we don't see the progress yet. <laughs> so, yeah. so we don't pay up. But, um, right. So exactly. could, the, could the government... That's the issue. Uh, could the government potentially just pay, you know, give them some form of bailout fund to start off? So, I, I've been seeing some interesting stuff about that, you know, different, like, financial structures of debt relief or, yeah. you know, the government holding the debt, you know, mm-hmm. um, or like basically, or even like giving out zero interest loan, mm-hmm. subsidies, all that kind of stuff. So I'm definitely not the financial expert here. Um, but, and, and maybe if any of your listeners has any like, um, uh, any Expertise? ideas about that sort of thing, you know, mm-hmm. they can, they can reach out. But, is definitely something that we should look at, you know, interest ways of using financial instruments to ease the burden of these distribution companies hmm. and finding ways so that we can still invest in the grid and bring it up to part so that eventually they can push all their costs directly from their customers. Yeah. Um so that's where we need to get to, but we need to find creative ways financially of getting there. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, but um, uh, the um, so, so yeah, that that's part of the issue, right? And this whole infrastructure issue, this whole centralization issue, this whole security issue, you know, everything needs to be dealt with 
you know, mm. together. And, you know, you know, the, as far as optimism, man. Please, please, no. Thank you so very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for, for having us. Oh my discussion. god, it's been over. It's been that a football match was played, my friend. It's been 90 minutes. So, I have so much to talk about. You have so, yeah. See, if we can if you want to keep going, we can keep going. We'll make it a second episode. Um what I was gonna but nah, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. However, both of you are more than invited to come back on the podcast. There's always so much to talk about. I think each of the aspects we even touched on could be an entirely different podcast on their own. You know, politics, <laughs> renewables. Really, it can be. Um, um, but I think that this has been fa- fantastic in, in fast contextualizing the issues and framing them in an understandable way that outlays solutions that people can imagine. Does that make sense? Um, not yeah, having. Yeah, not having power is one thing, but not even having a clue of how a future with power could come about is, is a more critical issue. And I, I hope to help solve that with um, this podcast. So thank you, Ibuka. Thank you, Sunan. I really appreciate you guys coming on the podcast. Um, no, uh, thanks for inviting us. This yeah. was so much fun. This, this was, this was a, a great time. Um, once again, to all my listeners, uh, do, do you guys want me to give them uh, your, uh, you guys should share what your, you know, where they can find you. They can find your Twitters or whatever. If you're interested in sharing that, I know some of you will be wilding on Twitter, but um, if you want to be uh, reached out to or found. Have your link, dude. Hey, shit. They can contact you directly. They can contact. Okay, cool, cool. If you want his, if you want to, slide in my slide in my DMs, bro. So you have to be vetted by Akin. You have to be vetted by me. Alright, sure. Okay then. Think so. You think so? Find Ibuka on, on LinkedIn as well. Um, I, I advise you to even go look at his LinkedIn. I know he gave his introduction, but the guy is humble. He's, he's, he's pretending not here. He's pretending not here. 
Every guy is a, is a bloody superstar, really. So um, you guys should definitely check him out. Um, yeah, and and you know, try and follow us on Twitter at Pod Save Africa. You can find um us tweeting out each episode, and you can find all of our episodes in the third on there as well. And we talk to people during the week as well, so um, it's all just good and fun times. Uh, thank you guys so much, and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye, listen. <laughs>